Coming up on this episode of the KitCast, a board game where you need to acquire properties to win, a touchpad that morphs as you use it, and a great way of learning on how to build robots. I mean, come on, robots! So sit back and relax. It's time for the KitCast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KitCast, the podcast where we go out and find you cool projects and bring them back and let you know if you should backtrack or sack them. I am one half of the show, KT Data, and joining me is a man who every single semester goes out with the mission to mold these new minds, um, excite them, enrich them, educate them, and show them the world of new media, that or scare the living lights out of them, the one and only Drew Tyler. How are you doing today, Drew? I'm a, I'm a scaring the lights out of him. I'm doing good. Two days into the semester, and I've already had three people drop classes, so I am, I'm doing it right. <laughs> I get serious with my stuff. Yeah, the funny thing is, I part of me always thinks, like, man, one of these days I should just, like, register for one of his gla- classes and be that guy who's just sitting in the back and, like, looks like he's sleeping through the whole thing. <laughs> and, and then... And then all of a sudden, just like pop out these projects, and everybody's like, "What's going on? This guy? <laughs> what?" I've got a couple that that are heckling already from the back, and I'm like, "Yes, I know you from previous experience. You know whether we've engaged." So one of them was my intern for a while, and it's like, "It's okay to just sit back there and be a normal student. You don't have to show everybody that hey, I'm buddies with the teacher. I can make a joke. Just let me be. It's my stage." Anyway. <laughs> See, see, I'd be the one who's just like, I'm going to show everybody off, but be the most unsuspecting person. (laughs) (laughs) You'd show it in your work. Yes, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's usually what I try to do anyways on there, you know. Just just imagine the first time you introduce everybody to the TriCaster, I just plop down, start switching everything. (laughs) Yeah, sheep, sheep. I'm going to throw the sheep in tomorrow's show. I'm going to do it. Oh, I love the sheep. We're live streaming tomorrow all night on our TriCaster, so I will throw in a sheep cut just for you. Yeah. I mean, no one understands that unless they have a TriCaster. <laughs> and I, I think some people who own it don't even know that. I know. Look for the sheep edit. It's awesome. It's amazing. So all what right. are we doing tonight? Let's all make right. the show. So, um, you know, before we go into our projects, and we have some amazing projects, I, I think you will like the one that I picked. Um, it seems to be straight up your alley. I'm... I'm ready. <laughs> but before we do that, let's go into kind of some of the news on there. So, Drew, you know, I love playing board games um, when you have you very little time. But when you do, you probably like playing board games, right? You play board games. I love. Yeah, no, I love to play like Settlers Catan and, and my sister and brother-in-law play a lot. So anytime we go up there, we'll play like DC Heroes and some of those types Ooh. of cards. So cards, you're yeah. playing deck building games, aren't you? It's a little decky, yeah. Yeah, because because if you're playing the DC deck building card game, it's by Cryptozoic on there. Mm-hmm. I actually have a copy over here um, on there. But, it's a fun one. Yeah, so, but board gaming, I've noticed this in Utah. It's pretty big on there. And not only there are, are, are there a lot of board gamers out there, there are some great game designers out there. You know, just guys who are just tinkering with ideas um, on there. And Hasbro, you know, they make some of the more well-known board games out right, there. Right, yeah. They have partnered up with Indiegogo to create what they are calling the Hasbro Gaming Lab on there. Uh-huh. What they're doing is actually starting from this week, or actually Sunday, they are letting people actually send in entries for game ideas that you've designed um, on there. And 
you know, the grand prize winner will win $10,000 and a trip to Hasbro headquarters to work out your game development stuff. So the way they're actually doing this is you put, you submit your idea to them on there by September 30th. That's your deadline. September 30th on there. And then the review, all, all of them, they'll pick five of them and launch kicks or launch Indiegogo projects on Indiegogo for, um, and have people promote it. So, you run the campaign, any money that you raise, you keep so that you can use for your project on there. So the grand prize winner wins an extra ten grand on top of whatever they raise during the campaign. And you get to go to Hasbro HQ, work with guys who, you know, professional game builders to make right. your, your your party. And, and the requirement, it has to be a party game. So like Cards Against Humanity, Apples uh. to Apples, um, what's that apple? There's that um, banana one, the Bananagrams one and stuff. Yes, I... Very good at that one. Um, lots of games like that on there. So um, by December 3rd, you're gonna, they're going to find out a winner. So um, if you're listening to this, you have a little under a month to get your idea submitted on there for the Hasbro Game Lab. Um, I, I think this is a great idea. Because one of the biggest things you find on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, crowdfunding sites in general are board games. Um, I actually just barely got... They do the, well. I just barely got our, uh, what is it, Sakura Heirloom Edition. Um, oh right, right. Yeah, that that was handmade. We had the we had um, the creator on the show, and he he ended up making hand making like five hundred, um, <laughs> of like the deluxe edition games on there. And I got mine. Um, I I don't know if it was five hundred, but it was a lot. <laughs> to, a lot, to, right? To, I mean, yeah, to make my hand hard. on there. So and um, you know that's a that's kind of big. You go on Board Game Geek. Every, like every other ad is like, come find us on Kickstarter. I go to the, my local gaming store. There are ads for for crowdfunding games that they're putting on there. So I think this is a great idea, um, and a and a good way to kind of promote this. And I'm surprised that Hasbro of all places are is doing this because you expect it from some of the smaller studios, right? Right. Um. So, I, yeah, this is this is a great idea on there. Okay, I love it. Yep. So. You probably won't have to worry about this during the Hasbro competition, but there are times, and you've guys heard my situations. Um, actually, to tell you the truth, I've only been burnt twice on crowdfunding projects. It's crazy. They're right? big burns, but they're yeah, big burns. Not one of them was only twenty bucks. Okay. The, the other one, supposedly, they're sending it. I finally got an email back, and they apologize. And supposedly, it's shipping out at the end of this week or early next week. I'll believe it when I mm-hmm. see it. Um, mm-hmm. But if I do get them, I have a theory that I'll have to share with you guys that I think what they're doing oh, on there. But um, on CrowdCrux, they actually have an article on six ways to avoid crowdfunding scams. It's kind of it's so, you know, mm-hmm. um, and these are things that I actually do um, inherently that I don't think um, about. But uh, I'm like this. Yeah, th- these are things you should think about. One of them, Google the project and the creator. If they have been developing this game for ten years, more than likely they've posted on like Board Game Geek or or a user group somewhere to help people to figure it out. And you can learn their past projects, things if they were successful, if they weren't successful, if they have you know full time job somewhere. Um, if if they've been sketchy, you'll probably find at least something that's a little bit um, noticeable about it. Two pinpoint unrealistic promises on this. Um, yeah. I won't lie. One of the one of the things that I actually got burnt on, and it's actually something we featured on the show, but it was very very early on. Like I'm I'm talking about episode four of the Kickcast on there, where I it was I was still fairly new to crowdfunding. Yeah, but it's um, way back 
on there is unrealistic promises, and that's something they actually did. Um, you know, one of them is the creator hasn't correctly identified the cost of filling the rewards is overstating the value. And then two, the promise is too good be, to be true, and the project is preying on your imagination or hopes on what it could be mm. on there. So, um, on on there. So that's 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 another one. Um, number three, verified need based campaigns. You know, you you see a lot of people saying, "Hey, I need medical this, that, and that." There are ways to kind of figure out if they're lying or not on there. You know, because. Oddly enough, people put a lot of crap on Facebook, and you can find out a lot about people on Facebook without even being friends with them. Sure. That's true. It's pretty simple to hunt, hunt that down. Yep. Number four, this is one thing I always highly, highly suggest is look into other backers. Comment sections are amazing for this. They are amazing, and that's why if you start a crowdfunding site, make sure you have a comment section. Look to see what other people are saying, because some people actually you know, will donate the bare minimum to a project just to comment and warn people about it. On there, so there are good souls out there. Mm-hmm. Um, on there, number five, search project images. We kind of covered this a couple episodes ago, where there are a lot of Chinese-made products that people now are just going to like Alibaba and stuff, saying, "Hey, I need to order five hundred of these. Let's kickstart it and you know slap our sticker on it and call it good, right?" Um, and then number six is report it. If you found a scam, they give you some places like I didn't even know about this kick scam. There's a website that is totally dedicated to Kickstarter scams. Wow. On their Gizmodo, they love finding dirt like this. Um, Kickstarter forum, crowdfunding forum, and ripoff report. These are places where you know you get the word out. That's where a lot of people frequent on there, and those are good ideas. Um, you think these are solid ideas, Drew, or, or am I just? Kinda... Make a, no, these make a lot of sense. Like a lot of people need to probably be a more. I don't know, skeptical, but they should be more involved or at least more aware of what they're getting into yeah because keep in mind this is your money and the crowdfunding site is not liable for any of this and what's what's crazy about it is i actually um one of the um crowdfunding projects that i just recently backed on there um they were talking about they were showing the math on that and i think they raised on on Kickstarter, it said they raised three thousand three million dollars. It's the it's the Z Snap. Is that yep, yeah. snaps? And then you saw how much Kickstarter ta- took was like a quarter million or something like that. Or yeah, two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yep. that <laughs> that's a lot. And they're not liable for anything <laughs> on top of that. So um, those are the things that you want to focus because the crowdfunding side is going to be like, well, sorry, you're going to have to deal with the creator straight up. All right, so those are kind of good tips for um, avoiding scams. But we also have this is this is great is Kickstarter they they do this annually I think this is their third or fourth now is they have announced the 2015 Kickstarter Film Fest ah uh, yes on there um, so previous years it has only been in Brooklyn or L A you know you can't really attend this year 32 theaters are participating in it on that's there, a bigger is, deal and yeah. one of them is near us yes one of them is actually in Salt Lake City so if you live Anywhere around Salt Lake City, Utah, on there on October fifteenth. Um, I th- you know, hopefully, I I know I'll be there. You're, you're going to be there. I'm too, looking right? at my calendar. I think I'm ready to be there. Yeah. I can be there. So we're going to be there for for at the Broadway Theater in Salt Lake City for the Kickstarter Film Festival on there. Um, and you know, if if you listen to the show, come come let us know. We'll hang out and you know watch these movies. And they have some great documentaries. Like yeah, I do. Uh, their their first one is actually made by um jeremy clement who 
everybody knows from Flight of the Concords. Uh, yes. One one of the funniest shows HBO has ever made, and one of the few HBO shows that I don't think there's like grotesque nudity in in all the scenes. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is interesting for for HBO. Yeah, um, and their, the name of, the name of the film that he made is What We Do in the Shadows. So I don't know. It's it's about three vampires that navigate the complexities of modern life. That explains I, the shadows. It's, it's going to be hilarious. Um, I I I love that. On there, and they have other great shows on there. So I hope I, you know, we'll see you out there. And if you don't live by us, go go check out Kickstarter's website. See if there's a theater near you. It's free. So if you're cheap, it's free. Can't do much better than that. <laughs> right, right. On there. So that is um, the Kickstarter Film Festival. All right, Drew. Let's get into the projects. And One, I have, two, and three. And I know this first project is something that. Uh, you know, you you may have always wanted to do. Like, have you ever had aspirations to be a pimp? No, no, <laughs> what? no, no, I have not ever aspired you, you, to. You, you don't want to be a Mac Daddy, just have a stable okay, hose. Okay, okay. When I, when Crisscross was jamming back in '94, '93, right? Give it up. What is it? Crisscross will make you jump, jump. Daddy Mac will make you jump, jump. Yeah, that's when yeah. That's when I thought I could be a Mac Daddy. You could, <laughs> then I found out what a Mac Daddy was, and I changed my mind. So, no, uh, I've never had. All right, so th- this little – so our first project will allow you to sort of be a pimp, but in a safe environment and not get arrested or shot. Protective pimping. <laughs> so so our, our, our first project of the night is Pimp, the board game. Speaking of board oh, games. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure this isn't a stack of the week this this no, is a real this, legit this, this is a legit game these guys have been developing this game for over 10 years and oh, it's, it's actually been a, it's actually been a friend favorite on there but when they had developed the game 10 years ago crowdfunding didn't exist and you know they're like well i don't have twenty thousand dollars go print three uh, three three hundred of these boards and stuff and hasbro hasbro isn't back and pimp the board yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's passed. So in Pimp Board Game, let's see if I can say this with a straight face. Um, it's a game where you are an up-and-coming pimp, and you're just trying to make it out in the world. Right? To become the Mac Daddy of all pimps, you got to work your way up by acquiring properties. Uh, um, properties, by uh, which you mean... Other, other names, what, maybe pimps? working ladies... Um, uh-huh. Or 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 is attributed to as a hoe um, on there. Um, every time I say hoe in the terms of that, I always think of the Jeopardy, Jeopardy uh, clip that you can find on YouTube where there's like Ken Jennings and a whole bunch of them. And um, the clue was like the the street name and it was something like so the street name of a working lady. And all these guys were saying things and they all got it wrong. <laughs> And the answer was ho? It wasn't ho either. It was oh, it, wasn't it, ho. it was something else on there. And hearing that's Alex Trebek say that was hilarious. Okay, that's on, on top of these other guys who you, you know their IQs are like off the scale. So, right, right. so Think um, of something that they can know dirty yeah. things. That's funny. Yeah. And then the goal of this game is whoever has the money, the most money at the end wins the game on there. It's a pretty basic game in terms of mechanics. So it's not like Settlers of Catan where you got to go place minions and stuff or those euro style games it's kind of just almost monopoly like where you roll the dice you move that many spaces forward but on each space there are kind of different things um Hmm. sometimes you got to go rob a bank or you get some weapons and stuff and then the ones that you want to land on are the names of the working girls on there 
And depending on the situation, you may have to um, roll an extra dice and put get your Mac on to convince her to work for you. <laughs> you gotta roll a dice for that. Yeah, that or if you land on a working girl that another one, another person that's playing with you has already um, got on their crew, you you have. You can you have you have to first kind of pay, and then you can actually fight the other person for possession. <laughs> I cannot believe somebody made this. <sighs> so uh, obviously, this is not a game for the kids <laughs> on there. But it, you know, if you're fans of Cards Against Humanity and kind of those games that are a little more adult oriented, I think this fits in perfectly, and it's it's fun. It's funny on, on a level on there. Um, <laughs> and and Lisa Rum says I've backed this game. I haven't backed this game quite yet. Um, what do you think about this, Drew? Um, uh, this is a track. I think it's very entertaining, and, and uh, I'm not sure what other words to call it, but it certainly sounds entertaining <laughs> uh, and creative. Uh, could very well be hilarious. I think I might like to watch somebody play, but um, I'm going to watch it. I mean, it's got the 28 days to go, and so I'm going to keep an eye on it and see if those 10 backers multiply and if it catches on because it's i can see this being a very much a fun a fun game especially at a frat that just sounds like a fraternity yeah, game like and to be honest they actually say in their um description we have created this morally re- reprehensible board game so they know it's bad so they they know well if you if you throw in enough dough here you can actually create a hoach catchphrase choose a hoe photo uh, and at thousand dollars you can name a hoe you can just pick a name, and I and it'd be like <laughs> Sassy Sally or something. I don't I'd, know. I I'd, be know like, I'd be like Glimmer the Fluttershy and I'd, yeah Rainbow the, Dash. The, yeah, it'd be like Glimmer the glorious gal of Glimmer <laughs> of, of Fourth Street oh. or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. So I'm tracking this one because I think it's hilarious, but I I'm not. Wow, I'm just wow. Yeah, if you have it, like, it's not for everybody, so it takes a kind of set of person. For me, it's a, it, it it's actually a, a back because I laughed. I like I, I laughed pretty hard. Laughing. It does remind me against cards against humanity on there, but I still kind of want to see. You know, I, I think there was like a 16 minute gameplay video that I didn't watch because 16 mm. minutes and we're on the internet. Um, <laughs> says the guy who makes mm. a 30 minute show. Um, <laughs> On there, but I liked it. I mean, like, look at the pieces and stuff that are actually pretty well I, designed. In place. I mean, Drew, can you even name what this is right here next to the uh, boombox in the car? Boombox and a boot and a. Oh, it's a bong. <laughs> is it? Yes, that is actually a bong. <laughs> Drew wins it! <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. Like, it looks like an upside down flashlight until I realized. <laughs> It could be, yeah, I got it. I did it. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, and the reason I actually think it's a back is they they've actually planned this out pretty well. The mechanics have been fleshed out over ten years on there, um, and they've actually gotten a quote from a manufacturer, and that's where most of the cost is actually going. Is you know about about thirteen thousand dollars is going just to get the board game made hmm. on there. What's so. okay. And then two grand, man, two grand in shipping. So. Um, you know they they have it actually fairly well developed on there, and it seems like a fun game. I, I like I said, it wouldn't be a game for everybody, but it's one of those games you go to a party and you see people playing, and you know that's where people kind of gather around um, on there. So that is that is actually a um, 
back for me on there. So on to our next project, Drew. Let's get out let's get our minds out of the gutter. Let's and get actually into high uh, tech, high road. Go into something that may actually help have us be more productive in life. Yes. Let's let me take you to project number two for the night. And this one is gonna be something that you can still use your hands, but in a wholesome and good way. So I chose for my project tonight something called the Sensal Morph. And this project is uh, interaction evolved is, is their tagline, but the the morph by this company is a, a pressure sensitive multi touch input device. We've seen a lot of these types of input devices, and I think you and I have covered several on this show of new ways to interact with computers. And there's you know, we have trackpads, mouse, uh, mice, and keyboards. We've talked a little bit about things you slip on your hand or on your arm or you know, different ways to make things move and go. I really like this, the Morph, because it's much like a trackpad, but it has the force touch. Well, okay, sorry, that's probably copyrighted. I shouldn't even say force Apple's going to shut us down. Thanks a lot, Drew. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I have a force touch right here. Look, if I push hard enough, it changes. So, the, so what I love about this <laughs> trackpad that they built is that the Morph will let you do multi, multi fingers, right? So it has so many sensors on it that you can touch with... Uh, more than five figures that has like thousands in fact i've lost the number but it's the do you remember where it is where to go uh 200 230,000 or something like little sensors to track every little thing which is brain numbing yeah it's it's a it's a lot i mean this kind of this kind of reminds me of those um we come we come track pads on there but it has a lot more um, flexibility. Yeah. I mean, because you look at these little templates that you can actually put on. It's a DJ pad right there, keyboard. Um, and they're calling these, I'm trying to remember what they're calling those things. These overlays. are their overlays. And so not only can you like touch the pad itself, but once you throw one of these overlays on there, it will um, magnet, it sticks to the board. And then like he's using a brush in that image right there that has, it can sense all of that stuff. And so when you throw in an overlay, it knows which overlay is there and it knows which way you're twisting a knob or running a slider or whatever it is so it's using not just not just like location on the pad but actually how hard you're touching and so uh, i remember when i was a kid they came out with the casio type keyboards that were actually like pressure sensitive so like mm-hmm. instead of just so it's like I'm an actual notes, piano yeah it became like piano notes right? so this to me is kind of that idea where the and again it's, i don't think it's a surprise this has existed that we could measure force and how much you're pushing onto something but what they're building here is a fantastic um, addition for for artists, for creatives, and for for any, even for gaming. And they list through a whole series of things that they that they see it working for between art and music and just making things. They have a guy in their in their uh, video that's using this morph pad with multiple fingers to to manipulate a robot that he had built, so it would turn with him and pick things up like he was picking things up. Um, I really like. I just like this idea of having another way to interact with with computers. They, uh, especially as Apple's come out with Force Touch, then obviously there are going to be a lot of apps and other things coming out that will use that interaction as like a different, you know, different UI method. Instead of just tapping in places, you can double the space or more than double by tapping and holding. So I'm, I think that's really cool. These guys are probably setting themselves up nicely to be able to work with and interact with the same apps that are going to come out in the near future using Force Touch. Um, and they're releasing a full, uh, what's it called? API. API. Yeah, the oh, usable yeah. APIs. So 
anybody can design for this and say, okay, let's let's put these together. Yeah, you can integrate it into all your apps and stuff. And I, I, I like this um, because I've actually been following the touchpad world for quite some time. I mean, I own a Wacom pad. I, I actually right. use it at work um, for that. And it, and part of it is um, back, back in the days and people don't think about this because we've, we've become so much into a touch world that you don't think about it, but pressure pressure sensitivity on a touchpad has evolved so much because back in the day it was just almost like us pressing a button on the touchpad and that was it. Right now we've gotten right. to the point where it can detect minute regions where you're at, so you can set up these hot zones. That's why those overlays work so well on there. Plus, being able to do that pressure sensitivity on there is amazing because that's what makes the difference between playing. Um, music on a computer and sometimes on the real instrument is because you have that pressure sensitivity to make a note a little bit softer, a little bit louder. Whereas back in the day, a lot of the computers, you press a button, it plays that note. Bam, bam. Same, yeah. Yeah. On there. So it adds a little so, bit of life to it. Loving this. Um, for me, it's the back. They've got uh, all kinds of connectivity to it. Bluetooth, USB, other, you know, other things. Um, I love the API. I love that you can kind of stitch them together. They've made it very pretty. Uh, little LEDs light up when wherever you're touching, so you you know that you're you've got contact. Uh, it's about two hundred fifty dollars, I think, is where they're at right now. The early birds were only at two hundred dollars; those are all gone. They are well over their goal. They wanted sixty thousand to kind of make it work, and now they're up to almost three hundred thousand with another month to go. So I just I love it. I love the idea. So I'm I'm backing this one all the way to the bank. I've always wanted a Wacom tablet. I love being able to have pressure and and variation in my in my sketching and arting. So I, I'm excited that they're taking this to all kinds of levels of interaction. What do you think? Um, yeah, for for me, it's a back too. Because I mean, I'm I'm looking around at my studio right now. I have just into my computer alone three different input devices. I have a MIDI board just to do all the switching. I have a keyboard right. to do typing, and I have a mouse on that. Wouldn't it be nice if I could just have you know one of them right here and just switch the overlays in between when I needed it? It saves space for one thing. Right. And it would make everything a lot more simpler where I don't have to kind of worry about those kind of things. And being able to do that, you know, that pressure sensitivity, I could do some of the fades, like this lower third and stuff. I, yeah. you know, I might be able to control like a T-bar, so have it like half faded and stuff. That'd be cool. Push it all the way down and push harder. Yeah. See? I, I th- I'm excited to see how people use this type of technology as it continues to come out, how they incorporate it, add overlays, and, and do other things. I'm hoping this really takes off, so I'm I'm excited about this one. Yep, so the, it's, it's a double back from us on there. And kind of going along the lines, um, our, our last project, which you guys voted, so apparently I am the prude of, of the group because I pick <laughs> pimp games while you guys have decided to pick projects that will better humanity. Um, and product, productivity. <laughs> Our last project of the night is called the Go Box. All right, so you're like, what? Go Box is actually a role- sounds like a subscription, like loot box. So, so it's sort of like that, but this is great. So it's a build your own robot kit on there, and it has missions that go with the kits. And what's cool ah. about this is every month after they send you a new mission kit where. You you get a new piece of hardware and you get a mission that you have and you have to use that p- new oh. piece of hardware to help achieve these missions. The whole goal is to actually teach you more about building robots and you actually build a robot hmm. <laughs> on that. So that's what's cool about it. And the core of the system is this little um, car-ish robot called the uh, Go Pi Pro, which is actually a Raspberry Pi enabled robot kit. So 
not only do you have a robot, a Raspberry Pi is one of the most flexible things that you can get these days for just right. different kind of homemade projects and stuff um, on there. So after you get your first kit, you and this is great for kids. I mean, I think your kids would love this, Drew, and you're secretly teaching them how to code and right, how to build a right. robot and stuff. Um, we talked about this today. On there where... It, it it comes in with that, so you have your first mission, and then every month they send you a new sensor or an art or a, or I guess it's called a shield, um, a shield that you hook up there, and then they're like this mission right here, and like all right, so how are we going to get this mission working with our robot? And what's great about it is since it actually is running on Raspberry Pi, it is compatible with many different languages. I, I mean, it's you can use Python, Node, Node.js, Go, and then they have this language called Scratch. Which is great because I, I I love this. Scratch is designed for little for you know younger kids to kind of learn programming topics, but in a more visual way. So you're not talking about lines of code. So you can see on the screen right here where there are little like bubbles that kind of hook together, and you can put them together, and that will control how the robot moves along the line. And it's just drag and drop. They're not writing anything on there. You're uh, just kind of connecting them together. So it's almost like Legos, um, making right. it work. And and as you know. I, I don't call myself a full-time programmer, but I know enough where it's teaching you concepts on there that right. you can actually apply later on in, in programming. So I actually lo- li- love this idea because it's educating, but it's keeping you fun. You know, it's still, it's it's kind of a mission, you know, those missions, it's task-based on there. And I like the monthly subscription to it because I... then you got something to look forward to every month. Because how many times have you kind of bought a kit and you're like, okay, let's do this. And then you, you do it for a day and then you're done. Boom. Gone. Yeah. But, but when you have the, you know, when you have another mission come in, you're like, look, it came in the mail. Let's, let's, let's do this. You're going to grab that car off the shelf and you're yeah. going to go and try and figure out how to make it happen. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And I, I love it on there. So for me, it's back. What, what do you think about this? As an educator, is this something that. Oh, totally. This is a. Yeah. This is something that grabs me. This is a back. Just the fact that they have so many opportunities to, uh, to, kind of put adults and kids together in this in the same uh, I guess on the same mission to get the people to work together to try and accomplish something I think this would be a super fun thing to do with my girls like have them understand some of this and know that they could I mean that's there's so much in the future for them to do programming and coding and to control physical objects around them with computer programs this is fantastic and the new sensors every month imagine like after a couple of months of having all these multiple sensors, you can start to find different new ways to make them each work together. And I love it. Yeah, love that, it. that's a great thing. And those missions, they build on top of each other. So you'll be like, all right, so you remember last month we learned how to make the robot go left and right. Now now we're going to have a, you know, a light sensor. So we need to have it go from a dark room to where there's sun or stuff and just like programming like that. That is – I love – I don't even have kids and I want this set. It's like, right, can, right. can I back this and borrow your kids once a month? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle KT's coming up. We're gonna play with the Go Pig Go. Let's try this. <laughs> We're gonna build a robot, and the next awesome. next thing you know, you got a robot that has a flamethrower in your garage, and we're gonna go win robot wars or something like that, or battle bots and duke it out. Wow. <laughs> this is super fun. Um, so yeah, this this is back. I love this idea. Um, on there, yeah, and I I I think I might back this. You know, yeah, this I'm looking at the levels, and this is where I'm trying to figure out. Like, you have to have the robot with the with the Raspberry Pi. Are they do they have levels with both the robot, the Pi, and the subscription? Yes, yes, they do. Um, I think most of them 
have it on there because the the robot on there they have lower levels where if you are because they actually the go pi go was a previous kickstarter project right on there so okay. if you already have yeah. those they have lower levels on that um <sighs> but for the higher levels they give you they give you the go go pi go and a 12 month subscription on there I, I i love this idea and it it gets me excited um, this is cool on there so like this is definitely a uh this is definitely a back on there i mean I, this would make a great like and what's great is they they fully support the education so there's videos and stuff you have questions you can post on the forums and people will actually help you too so you're not doing this alone you have right, a whole right. community behind you that's helping you that's cool so that's that's cool that is, I'd, I'd have oh, yep i'm in that that is definitely a go box all right so now it is time for the sack of the week Look at those production values right there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So have, have you looked at this before? The, for, I'm not. No? Okay. Not seen this at all. So I found this. It's called geekfo.com, the world's best search engine. When you, oh. when you hear the world's best search engine, who do you think of? The guys that just changed the logo, the logo today after 16 Technic- years. Technically, they just changed the typeface. Or the okay, yes, face. technically. But yes, it's <laughs> it's it's Google. That's all I yeah, think of when I think of there. a search engine. Second so, to being Yahoo, but I've never thought of Geekfo. Weird. Yahoo doesn't even do it on search anymore. Bing does it. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, so this is the description. A free search engine that searches everywhere, everything, everywhere, plus focus searches for fo- videos, pictures, and product reviews. So you're like, okay, that, that describes a search engine on there. Um, but right, he, right, that is a search engine. But, but he, he, so this, let me go. This is their backstory on there. Let, first of all, um, their video, it I doesn't say anything of- at all. The, like their video, literally on this video. First of all, seriously, neon green? No, <laughs> no, no. Neon green, not, no. Um, I'm, uh-huh. I'm playing their video and I have audio running, might I add to you. There's no audio it, on this. It's just it's entirely a screen capture. Just a screen capture, and this is what their set site looks like. This is very poorly designed. <laughs> oh yeah, I could it's put this. Even... I, I could put this together <laughs> on there. Um, on there. So this is the story of it, and I, like, um, so Geekfo started when one of our geek moms asked, "How do you um, how how do you know that?" He answered. I looked it up on the internet. Notice no editing. There's lowercase i's in here. She then asked, where did you find it? I have been Google searching it for the past week. He replies, comma, S. That's not correct. (laughs) Well, well, you keep looking at the search results that have been paid to pop up first. She goes on about how how do I search the way you do. When he then goes into house to search the way he learned when the internet first came out. Man, I'm having a hard time reading this. But the mom was lost, so she, so he said to her, give me a little time. I will set you up with a simple-to-use, unbiased search engine. Geek oh, so this is a gift, it's a gift to his mom that he yeah. built. Or but, a mom. But so, his mom. So what, what, what they want to do is they want to have a search engine that gives unbiased searches that's not based on advertising and stuff because they're paranoid that you see the ads on Google and you're like, well, that's not going to, that's not, that's not going to be jazzing well. Right. Um, on there. Cause those top results have to be paid. First of all, no, that, no, no. Google clearly right. states the paid ads because they're required right. to by law in many, many different countries 
on there. Um, but if you actually go to Geekfo right now and it's do alive a, and well, you do a search. Notice that they are using the Google Custom Search API. So, right, so what really their are results they, are going through Google already. All they're doing um, is skimming off the the um, paid for ads, and they're they're giving you a, a a list of things that come up from Google. If you Google the Google. same thing, you would get those results on there. Um, I don't oh. <laughs> on, on there. So that that's that's, that's one thing. So it's a little it's a little counterintuitive on. What they're saying, especially since they don't know what their message is, <laughs> that's because I don't even know because if you look in their updates, then they post something like this. Um, again, remember we do this site for fun and simple use of search, not to try and be the next Google. <laughs> but, but didn't you say you wanted to be better than Google on there? It's just for fun, yeah. Just for us. So there, and so there's conflicting information right there, and then. The next part is they want to become they get put this on their own servers, except I don't think they understand how a search engine works because for you to run a search engine, you need to run uh, a program that are these robots called crawlers that will right. visit every single website on the internet every have, single yeah, website on the internet that. to index it that is the only way you can do it that's why there's not a lot of search engines out there because it is a difficult thing to do on there I, um and moving to your own delusional. servers you're, they're probably still going to be relying on this so i i mean there's a deluge of things one i don't think they did the research uh, their their market research to find if there's actually a true need to this and two their implementation is a little sketch moms need it okay moms need it um i don't know you think your mom could be able to run a site that looks like this like would, would would she know where to go to search? On she click on the elephant. The yeah. first thing she just click on the elephant. What's this? Yeah, yeah this is. I it's, love that the idea is like I I learned how to search the internet when it first came out. Before we had Google, we had to know these things. So I'm going to embed Google in another web page. Yeah, and it's not done well. It's obviously not edited well because you guys saw me struggling to read this and the text <laughs> is like right messy. in front of me. Um, on there where that does that. You know, I I don't think I trust these guys to make a search engine if you can't take the time to properly parse your your English properly so somebody can read it. How 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 are we gonna get <laughs> for so rough? How are we gonna get the, the our search results? Hey, you know, I'm it's sure. a labor of love. Let let these boys be. They're just and, enjoying and, the time. And like um, and their tiers are bad too. They have a five dollar tier that you get a special thanks from creators and an automatic sign up for special information. Plus Geekfo window decals. Hmm. How much? How much you want to bet? Most of that five bucks is going to go to that decal. Yeah, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, on there. So it didn't really. They don't plan really well for this. Um, yeah. And so it kind of just like yeah, thirty bucks for a t-shirt. It's these are things that you need to kind of plan out before you launch on there and try to understand so this is why i wish him luck yeah i, I uh, yeah this is why it's a sack just because i i'm a little this is me doing my research and knowing a little bit of background you know like we said in our news article is to kind of do this um and based on my technical knowledge i can't say i'm an expert in writing programming or anything but as far as i know this is not a really good implementation and that's why i won't put my money where it is <laughs> and it makes sense i think you i think you're okay with that 
All right. So there's our sack. Yep, that is our sack. So normally we'd be ending the show right now, but Drew, did you know we have something since, to do since our last episode? We had a giveaway. On oh, that's right. Um, we have lots of cool stuff yeah, to share on there. So lucky. So th- I had you know not all, normally we'd only give out like one prize pack, but no, I, I went all out. We're giving out five different prize Whoa. packs. Fantastic. I hope everybody's tuned in to watch this. Yes. So, um, congratulations to actually, this is one of my buddies that I met at Nerdtacular. Congratulations to Old School Mark. You have won the Super Mega Prize Pack, so you will be getting all of this mail. Excellent, to you Old there. School Mark. Um, and yes. and yeah, one thing that, and I'll put it in a letter to Mark is make sure you look in this Pebble thing because I put in a code for Same Sex Mary's um, album on there on the back. On oh, cool. There. So and then so. Four other, pe- actually, three other people are actually winning um, the the mini prize pack, which is a copy of the jazz covers of Marvel and DC on there, and a copy of To the Moon by Marcus Rocco with the yes. Crazy Activity books on there. So three people are winning that. So congratulations to um, Laser Norm, our regular, who's been who's stuck with us almost yes, since yeah. the beginning. Yes, um, Laser, congratulations. A Matt B and um, Bill or Kados, as I know him online, gets all that. And then last but not least, um, a Joseph L. is actually getting one copy of the jazz album for the Marvel and DC song. So I will be emailing mini, all mini of you guys to get your addresses on there, and I will mail those out for you. And thank you guys so much for supporting us. Um, and even if you guys didn't actually, to tell you the truth, only five people won. So everybody who entered won something. That's See? Congratulations. <laughs> Pays to pay attention to what we're doing <laughs> yeah, on there. So, you know, if you don't want to miss out on the next contest, make sure you follow us on Twitter at KitCast or at Night20 or at KT Data or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash KitCast. Um, if you have ideas for projects, sacks of the week, anything, we'd love to hear from you. Send us yes. an email, KitCast at KTData.net. We always love it when you guys um come watch us live. And there's a lot of people right now in the chat room. So thank you guys. Chat is fun. I love the chats. Yep, our next episode is going to be September 15th, 2015 on there, and you can find that at live.kickcast.net once I fix the embed code. But that will be <laughs> If you saw any of these projects where you're like, hey, I want to back Pimp the board game because, you know, I, I, when I grew up, I wanted to be Pimp, but now I'm working for the post office or something, um, you can head on over to kickcast.net for the show notes on there. Drew, do you got anything plugged before we go? Um, if you're around in the chat, join me tomorrow on Twitch with the little big cast crew. We're going to start about eight 30 mountain time going all night long, uh, playing scary games. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for that, but, uh, uh that's Hayden Panettiere and I tell is all I need to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's the fun <laughs> stuff. Uh, other thing I'll punch real quick is that on our little big cast Patreon page for our supporters of Patreon, we did an extra special show. We called the Fu show, the faux show where we uh, just released that. So uh, if you're looking to support podcasting in general and maybe even just my beautiful face, you can check us out on the patreon.com slash little big cast to find more content for gaming. If you're gaming folks, then that's where you'll find lots of fun stuff. Yeah, that's it. For me. It's, a, it's a great show and people don't believe me, but I do watch every single show that's on the network. I it do. does. I keep it up. Does. And that that's right. what we're doing. Yep. All right, guys. We will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.